Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. We're officially welcome you guys and gals to another Face YouTube Live. Man, back in the day, I was doing a bunch of Facebook Lives, so it's a part of my, uh, it was a part of my, uh, you know, whatever. But welcome to YouTube Live. Hope you guys and gals are doing exceptionally well. If you're joining me live right now, or you're joining me later on YouTube, whether watching later, come on in. As you come in, hit that like button. As you come on in, um, get ready. Uh, for those especially live, get your questions ready. I'm excited about these Q and A's. It gives me an opportunity to be able to serve you all. And if it's your first time on my YouTube channel, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh, and I'm here to help you make sense of your life, to help you grow holistically for God optimal use. So if you feel free after you listen to this broadcast, it's something that you want within your weekly uh, routine as far as spiritual, physical, emotional, whatever uh, kind of support and coaching, feel free to hit that subscribe button, hit the bell so you can get all post notifications because with these live Q&A videos, you got to make sure you hit the notification bell because no man, no woman knows they are when Coach Josh is going live. So I hope you all are doing exceptionally well. For those who's listening <clears throat> on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify, I want to thank you all so much for listening. I hear a lot from you guys that you say that these uh, podcasts, these audio versions get y'all through work. So I'm glad they are a blessing. And so thank you all so much for just being a part of this community here online. I love y'all. I'm here to serve and empty out my life for you all. Let's get right to the chat box. <clears throat> Let's see who's all here. Eliza, what's going on? Hey, Coach. Anique Charles, hey, what's going on? Miami in the building, Pink October. How you feeling? Aline Collins, hey, hey, hey. Jay Keaton, Coach, what's going on? Authentic Minds, hey, what's going on? Family Regina, what's going on? Marcy, um, oh, I always jack your name up. Mauricio Rodriguez, what's going on, my brother? Ms. So Mr. and Mrs. Soto, Dionel, keep it going, Josh. Thank you so much. I love you. I love y'all support. I appreciate it. Divine 15, what's going on? Rachel, what's going on? Nick Antoine got the first question. <clears throat> oh, I think so. Hey, coach, how was the sandwich? Also, I bought the purpose. Hey, man, I didn't get a sandwich that day. What did I eat that day? Oh, yeah, I did some breakfast. I got me little pancakes, you know what I'm saying? Some bacon, some eggs. I ain't even made no sandwich. Coach said, listen, sandwich wasn't going to be enough. I said, let me go ahead and let me make a full out breakfast for myself. So thank you. Thank you, Nick. The sandwich was good. And thank you for getting the book. We're going to be getting into that pretty soon. Uh, for those who are new, we have a free course for singles and those unsure relationships. Go to lifework.teachable.com. Get your books. Um, sign up. It's free. Uh, we've, we're have we going to be on our fourth video Thursday, so join me live every Thursday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. And if you can't make it at that time, the video will post on YouTube. But it's a great course for you all to help you all make better sense of your singleness and how you can become more fruitful in your life. But let's get right into it. Raw Scouts. Hey, coach. Hope you're well. Would a schedule help me to gain more self-discipline? I need help in area. Good question, Ross Gallops. Let me show you a comment so people can see. Uh-oh. <clears throat> there we go. Hey, Coach, hope you're well. I'm doing exceptionally well. Thank you. Would a schedule help me gain more self-discipline? You best believe it. It's important to schedulize your life. It's, it's important to prioritize your life. It's important to put your life on a schedule is what I'm trying to say. It's important to say, okay, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, what is my day like? Uh, so look at your life and look at the hours that you spend it. I want you to get a sheet of paper and um, I want you to write down every hour, maybe from nine to do it in increments of um, uh, eight. No, do increments of six hours. So that's four blocks. So from six to whatever and then whatever to whatever. I want you to write down what you do in those specific hours. When you look at your life and you put it in a, in a, in a paper form, you will begin to see, man, I'm wasting my life because your time equals your life. You'll be like, I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my life on things that's not, in, that's not investing back in <clears throat> to my life. That's why you got to look at your actions and say, what's the return of the investment? And you got to say, okay, what kind of fruit do I want out of my destiny? 
If I want a destiny filled life, a life full of purpose, then you got to get disciplined. And the best way to do that is to make a schedule saying, okay, like for me, um, I know that if I play basketball three times a week at the gym and I can go and get that steel afterwards, I can go out there and lift weights. Then I know three times out of the week, not only do I get the basketball, not only do I get my weights, but I actually in doing that discipline and going right after work to the gym, that discipline makes me feel better. I feel better when I lift. I feel better when I play ball, which makes me a better husband, which makes me a, a, a better creative, which makes me a, a, a better in delivery. And so when you schedule your life and you actually eat the fruit off that discipline, you're going to you're going to want to implement more scheduling. But to answer your question, yes, best believe it. Uh, it, it put, making your life, putting a schedule in your life will help you to become more disciplined um, because We've been lazy for so long. Uh, we we didn't. Most of us probably didn't grow up in a military home. Most of us didn't grow up in a homes where discipline was king, where discipline was was taught. But when you get into a discipline and you begin to see the fruit and the results, but in order to become a disciplined person, you got to corrode or get rid of what is causing imminent or current depression. <clears throat> Because most of the time, most people fall out of discipline. They don't like themselves. Hope that helped. I, I'm going to be here for 30 minutes. I'm going to try to get through these questions pretty quickly. But great question. Check out my, um, I think I did a video previously on discipline. Uh, tips on discipline. That came out today. Go to my page and I did a, I did a video from the last Q&A, tips on discipline. And those points will help you with that, fam. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Mauricio says, how can I attend college without getting into debt? Man, I would just go to a community college, really, unless you got a scholarship. If you don't have a scholarship, if you don't have anything like that, but the good thing about life, you can go to college right now. You can go to Google right now. The same books, I would. this is what I would do. I would go to the, <clears throat> the local university, and I would just get whatever the classes they offer in the field that you want to study. Look at the books that's offered, and all you got to do is go to Google, go to Amazon, and say, you know what? Let me see if I can find this book and teach yourself. That's the best way to go to college without debt. And say, you know what? I'm going to go to a college, find out what they're teaching, find out what their books are, find out what their resources are, and become a self-learner. Become a person that says, you know what? I'm going to study and teach myself. When I couldn't get back to Oral Roberts, I used to work. A I used to walk one to two miles to Barnes & Noble. I would pull books off the shelf, and I would have a notebook with me. And as I was reading the books, I would take notes. That's how I taught myself. So um, if 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 it depends on what field you want to go, uh, go in. If it's a field of business management, entrepreneurship, stuff like that, I would just go to Barnes and Noble, go to a place, pull the book off the shelf, take notes, put the book back on the shelf and come day after day and, and, and teach yourself. There's a lot of videos on YouTube. And there's a lot of things you can teach yourself. Now, if you want to become something that requires a degree, then go that route. But um, unless you get a scholarship, it won't be a free way in that route. But I, what I would do is I would just say, you know what? I'm going to teach myself. Uh, I already went to the school of hard knocks. You know what I'm saying? Let me just go to the school. Let me find a field and I'm going to go to a bookstore and I'm going to sit there for a couple of hours after work and treat and schedule my life like that and study. That's what I did <clears throat> for a great period of time. But that's that's just what I did. That's the advice I would give you on that. Give me one second. <clears throat> Coach ate something. Give me one second. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. We should be good now. All right, let's go to the next question. Lizzie Lewis, what's going on? Jakeen says, should you express to others how you feel if they make you feel a way? Great question. <clears throat> Read your question again. 
Should you express to others how you feel if they make you feel a way? Yes. It's best. It's better to ask than to assume. Never let your feelings flood down deeper into your week. If you feel a certain type of way right now, especially if it's someone close to you, it's best to go and have that conversation. So many people, uh, they allow the assumptions to cloud their judgment. They allow some, the assumption to be the foundation of why they feel the way they feel. But most of the stuff that we have against each other is, is rooted in assumption. The devil loves to work through assumptions. It's best if you feel a certain type of way about someone Chances are a big percentage of the time they probably didn't mean it. And if they did mean it, a conversation will block the assumption is in their mind because what's going on sometimes is this person has an assumption, you have an assumption, y'all carry the assumption throughout the week. And then all of a sudden when y'all come together, y'all offending each other because y'all got these hard but assumptions. It's best to always communicate and have a conversation with someone that you care about. And say, you know what? That made me feel a certain type of way. Because if you don't, the enemy plays in assumption. He loves that game. He loves for you to be offended and not have a conversation. He wants you to separate yourselves and cause a wedge in between y'all two. And then most of the times when y'all come and have a conversation, it was over something small. That's what I do with my wife, my wife and I. We don't let the sun go up or go down our raft. I communicate how I feel. This is how I feel. Because if I don't, it, the feelings are going to build. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to cause even more offenses because I didn't. I wasn't man enough to have the conversation. And so what I would do in your situation is that you go find that person, but make sure that you, that you spend time with God, that you say, God, okay, here, vent to God first. God, this is how I feel about the situation. This is how I feel about my family or my friend. And it's bothering me. Get it off of your chest because no one is able able to handle what's fresh off the press, what's fresh out of the stove of your heart. Only God can is got the type of hands to handle that type of heat. Most of the time, we like to go to a person right when it's hot. No, you have to remove yourself and process your feelings first. Process, why do I feel like this? Because sometimes you can you can erase your assumptions by, by processing your assumptions. You can erase the heat and the feelings behind how you feel if you just find the facts behind the feelings. And most of the times, uh, the people that we come across with are not even trying to hurt our feelings. They probably had a bad day. So what you should do first is vent to God, get it out, get that hot, the heat of it out of your out of your heart. And then when the heat is going and you have humbled yourself down <clears throat> and you're able to process what you was really feeling, then the Holy Spirit will lead you to the right time to communicate with that person. Because the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, etc., etc. So demons love for us to be distracted with each other than focusing on destroying their schemes and plots. So what I would do is I would go talk to God, get it out your chest. Then after you got it off your chest, really process uh, on what it is that you're feeling. And then once you process, reach out to that person and say, hey, what you did on Tuesday, what you did on last Saturday really offended to me. And I just want to let you know, did I do anything? Always take the humble road. Don't get haughty. Don't take the haughty road. Take the humble road. Always go and say, did I do anything to offend you? When you go that route, you 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 neutralize the opportunity for that person to get offended or to be in a, in a, in a defensive state. But if you come humble and you come with kindness, then you will really hear what they have to say without you also being offended by coming into them with hot, coming in hot. You know what I'm saying? You got to come in humble. Don't come in hot. And you come in hot with God so you can come before them humble. That's my advice for you. <clears throat> but never assume. Always ask. Never assume. Let's keep going. Daughter of the King, what's going on? LaVita 
LaVita Doka, what's going on? Hey, coach, thank you so much for these. I lost my best friend last year, and now I'm always scared to lose another loved one. How do I combat this? Did the person pass away? What you mean? I lost my best friend last year. Did that individual pass away? Now, I'll break it down for both because maybe this part of the video, when I snip it, can be a blessing to both people. <clears throat> the best advice that I can give you, LaVita, is this, is that um, there's a best friend that you can never lose. And that's Jesus. He said he'll be uh, he's a be a friend that's just closer than a brother. Uh, and so what happens is do not be afraid of making friends. The best way not to be afraid of making friends is to be friend the one that I never leave. You see, right now I'm in a place in my life where um, um, I don't need no new friends. Um, I'm not what I mean, but I'm not looking for any new friends. I am so content in the friendship between God and I and the friendship between my wife and I that that there is no need. There's no I gotta have friends. It's like I, I, I'm in a place of such contentment with God that that I've been it's been me, me and him for so long that that I don't long for any other type of friendship. Do I welcome uh friends that he sent me? That's cool. Because I know the friends that he sends me will be pillars in my life, people that will hold me accountable people that would allow uh, my, my, my life to grow and to flourish even more. So the best way to process the loss of a best friend is to make sure you grab a hold of the friend and I never leave you and start having those open conversations with God and say, God, I want to get closer to you. I want to get to know you better. <clears throat> and the best way to do that is look up attributes of God. And, and when you look up the attributes of God, it will bring clarity of how he was a friend friend to you in the pre in previous days and weeks or months of your life. That's why it's important to say, God, I'm going to study you. I'm going to get to know you. And in getting to know you, I will actually begin to see your presence in my life. So, hey, coach, thanks you so much for these. I lost my best friend last year. Now, if your best friend passed away, this goes for both. Whether a best friend left or a best friend passed away, you got to grow closer to the one that that will never pass away, that will never go away from your life because he loves you. Take it from me, man. I used to be a type of person that always wanted friends, man. When I used to uh, be a young boy, I grew up as an only child. And so when I spent the night at people's houses or when people spent the night at my house, I would try to keep them up. They would try to fall asleep. I'm trying to stay awake because I, I, I got sick of being lonely. I got sick of being by myself. And then as I got older, I began to see that even in the dorm rooms in college, I didn't really want to be by myself until I got stripped away from everything and I was at home by myself. And I begin to get to know God. Now I don't need anybody. I don't. I don't mind uh, people God brings my way, but I don't need that. But it begins with befriending Him. It begins with getting to know Him. It begins with processing His attributes and allow those attributes to bring clarity to His 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 involvement in your life in the day to day life. <clears throat> so how do you combat this? Is write down um, everything uh, everything that you liked about that person. And ask yourself, um, did I make this person an idol in my life? Did I make this person more to me than I should? Was this person more to me than God? If so, then you got to address your heart so that you don't idolize the next person that tries to come into your life. That's what we have to do. Some of us, the reason why we don't want people to leave is because we have been left before and we haven't processed previous rejection. We haven't processed previous abandonment. And what happens is a natural uh, reaction to that is the reaching out for new friends and new people people. And then we begin to feel validated based upon the presence of other people versus our validation in the everlasting presence of God. Your validation cannot be in another person because if that person leaves, then you find yourself depressed. Then you find yourself upset. But when a person leaves, you'd be like, well, I got God. 
So when people leave my life or when people walk away, when anything happens, I'm good. Now, it, it may make what 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 I got to process now. What I had to process um, in the last couple of years was not getting so full of myself. Like, oh, you 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 want to leave me? Like me, I was getting to the point to where, oh, for real, for real, y'all going to be like that? Y'all going to trip like that? Oh, that's how y'all going to be? Y'all going to talk behind my... That, then I had to realize, Josh, don't you don't got to be all aggressive. And, and passive aggressive, you don't got to be all that. Then I had God to deal with that in my heart. So either way, you got to be so content in God. And when you feel someone leave or someone go away, then you got to process. Okay, let me process these natural feelings. These are natural feelings. Nobody wants to be abandoned, rejected, or left. But when you process those feelings in the presence of God, you will begin to find yourself. You know what? It was good that they left. God, what you want to do now? Hope they help. Many levels going on. Daughter of the King, how to deal with narcissistic family is great question. Narcissistic people are selfish individuals. These are individuals that has no uh, empathy. They have no sympathy. They are self-centered. They are individuals who have been up under the the guise of 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 everything is about them. And so, what you got to do with narcissistic people is to keep yourself distant from them. Do not engage with these individuals because these people need deep help. These people have been brought up with the bulk of their lives all about them, and so they use you for their own benefit. And they don't have no empathy. And there are some people who are even made by God. There are people who are who have no soul. They are demonic people. People, um, and that's, that's real. You know, you got to do your research on that. But there's people amongst us that's not even real. These are people who don't have no soul. So, and that's just one part of people. I and mean, that's an exclusive percentage of people. <clears throat> but then there's also people who grew up babied, who grew up uh, um, um, overly taken care of. And you just got to keep your distance. And, and what you got to do is do not allow the title of family to make you feel like you have to be in their life. You don't have to be in your family's life. You know what I'm saying? If it's someone that you care about, you go you go check up on them on Christmas. You go see them on, on, on whenever days, you know. But when it comes to that narcissistic attitude, narcissistic actions, that's when you say, you know what? I'm going to subtract myself away from your narcissistic behavior because I'm not going to allow myself to feed into something that you can't help. You have to understand you can't help them. Only God can help those individuals because they have to be humbled. If they don't humble themselves, God will humble them. And you, you can't humble them. You can't, you, listen, you can give them all the information in the world, but people don't change from information. People change from revelation. Revelation, every, all of us have been informed about weight loss. All of us have been informed about what's good and what's not good for us to, the, to, us to, do, to a degree. But when it's revealed to you and you're like, oh shoot, this is really bad for me, then people change. So when you're dealing with narcissistic family members, you got to keep your distance and keep it moving and do not allow the manipulative <clears throat> um, um, traits to make you feel bad about yourself because what they will do, they'll use their words to cause you to be confused and to have you back within their uh, space to abuse and use you. So what you do is understand who you are, find your value in Christ, find your purpose, engage in it. And when you see their behavior is acting or whatever, whatever, do not allow their actions to cause you to be offended because they love when you offended because offense proves they still got a tug on you and they still got a tug on you. They'll keep attacking you in that area to get you to break, to fall back in their control. So what you do is you got to make sure your validation is in Christ. You cannot allow their words to have more power in your mind than God. And you got to understand that let God be true and every man a liar and that you got to find 
your contentment in him and thrive in your purpose, thrive in your relationship with him so that when they do try to attack you and try to offend you, you already got systems in place to process the offense, to walk in kindness, to walk in love. Remember, give them your love and not your heart. They're going to, they want your heart because they want control. No one can control your love. Your love can, you can say, you know what? You don't want that. You're not, you abusing that type of love. I'll, I'll, I'll pull my love back to a small, hey, what's up on the way passing by peace. But if they abuse your love, you can limit your love. But if you give them your heart, then you got too much of a connection to them and they want that connection. So find your validation in God, find out what makes you unique, find your purpose, engage in it and, and already have system in place that when you see them, if they start talking offensive and they try to get you offended, remember this video and say, you know what? I'm not going to allow them to break me into a place of control again. But you must do that because they know there's parents out there, there's families that know who in a family can't control. And sometimes if you're just a nice person, you got to say, you know what? It's, it's time out to be the nice guys. Time out from being a nice girl and really be able to say, you know what? I don't mind being kind, but I'm not going to allow my goodness and my kindness to be abused. And you do that by strengthening your backbone in the presence of God and knowing how to love and, and care for yourself and move on. Those people, <clears throat> only God can humble them. Only God can fix them. Great question. <clears throat> Excuse me, y'all. Eliza Mim says, how do you handle a jealous close friend? Um, don't be close friends no more. Uh, a friend will never be jealous. A friend, a true friend is content in who they are and what they have, and they celebrate you. They don't want to, they don't want to obliterate you. They want to celebrate you. And jealousy is a way of trying to obliterate you and cause you to disintegrate and, and not pursue your purpose. If it, what I would do is I would count my losses. That person's not a friend. Why are they jealous of you? Any person that's jealous of you have too much time. A person that's jealous, you don't have no uh, sound mind. A person that's jealous of you is so caught up on what makes you who you are, and they're not they're not close enough to the divine for themselves. You got to get to a place where you say, you know what? I don't I don't need you as a friend. And and yes, you love them. Yes, you care about them. Yes, they was close. But sometimes when you you know who a real friend when when you win. You know who a real fan is based upon their reactions when you win, you win. When you are winning and they are not winning at your level and they rather oh, try to obliterate you mentally instead of celebrate you, then that person ain't a real friend. See, people are, see, many of us, we don't even know who our real friends are because we, we became stagnant. Stagnation is what calls unnecessary friendships to thrive because nobody's progressing. So there's nobody, jealousy can't be revealed. All y'all doing is probably gossiping about somebody else. All y'all doing is going out trying to look cute on the gram, but you don't know who your real friends are. Start pursuing your purpose and you'll see who's really, uh, who really celebrates you. Because any any inkling of jealousy or envy proves they don't really care about you. They just care about who you are to them, not who you are to him. Because if they see God promoting you and progressing you, they're going to celebrate you because they're content in their life. And they know they're in the same line as you. And when God sees fit to bless them, their time will come. But how you get rid of a close friend is to first uh, <clears throat> process the friendship. You got to have evidence of this. And what I mean by that, you got to process and say, okay, what are they saying when you say what? What are their responses when you say anything about you winning or succeeding? When you have that evidence, all you got to do is just say, if it's a real good person that you cared about, but they're going through a spot and just say, hey, man, I've noticed some comments when I make these kind of comments about my life. Is everything okay? 
And if they if they don't really want to say, you know what, man, I'm I'm sorry, man. I'm just I'm happy for you, but I'm hurting. And then that's when you say, well, only God can help you with that. But if it's a toxic person, you don't even got to have a conversation. It's like, you know what? Just distance yourself. Let your distance be your. Uh, and that sounds bad. Have a conversation. Um, but if you don't, if you if the evidence is there, then I would just distance myself. There's no need to be close friends with someone that's jealous of you. A real friend celebrates your wins and they're there with you during your losses. And they're there to help become a, a, a teacher to help uh, with the loss and turn it into a lesson. Hope to help. Thank you. We love you. We love I love y'all too. <clears throat> Hello, hello from uh, Washington in beautiful Michigan. Thank you. Oh, Miss Washington in beautiful Michigan. I'm about to die. What? Uh, thank you for watching. Pink October, as I start and elevate in my business, how do I not let non-supportive family affect me? Mm. Great question. As I start and elevate in my business, in my life, et cetera, how do I not let non-supportive family members affect me? Listen, <clears throat> um, what you have to understand is that not everybody's going to be happy when you succeed. Not everybody's going to celebrate you when you elevate. And when that becomes a, a wrinkle in your brain and you begin to process that and you begin to really understand that, then um, you will keep progressing despite the lack of or uh, the support you do receive. Uh, because if you live a life serving one, then you will be effective to everyone. What I mean by that is if all if what you're doing right now is for the glory of God, it doesn't matter who's who's grimy. It doesn't matter who's not smiling. It doesn't matter who's not supporting. You will keep going because you're here for an audience of one. If I take care of him, if I minister to him, if I am obedient to him, I will be effective and efficient for anyone I'm here to serve. And so there's going to be people in your family that's not going to like you because your elevation reminds them of it. Your elevation becomes revelation. Their life is not elevating. You see what I'm saying? And some people cannot stomach that. And so many people got are surrounded by so many consequences that they don't they cannot stomach someone closer. They don't mind someone far from them succeeding, but they what they care about is when they see somebody who doesn't have the baggage or they do have some whatever in their life and they still choosing to grind, it brings revelation to their laziness, it brings revelation to their procrastination, it brings revelation to their lack of, of drive and elevation. And that's not your problem. People's opinions about you progressing, people's opinions about your capitalized opportunities should not bother you. That's their problem. I have no room of sympathy for lazy people. I have no sympathy for those uh, uh, comments that, that comes back to me and I look at their life and they doing nothing with theirs. They just want me to allow their words to rent space in my mind so they can tear me down to the level they're on. And you can't do that. You cannot allow people who are doing nothing in their life. You cannot allow their words to gain real estate in your mind, planting seeds in your mind, making you feel like, well, I'm not going to go too hard. I don't want mama to feel this way. I don't want my brother to feel this way. Who cares? They can kick rocks. Listen, you, you be on a level, how did it get you? Be on a level gets you nowhere. You got to level up for you, for leveling up, say. You got to level up for the people that need for you to level up. And right now, if I entertained the opinions of family members and friends back in my day, I would not be where I'm at today. And I'm so glad the young Josh did not listen to him because a lot of people try to tear me down. They didn't like what I was doing. And every year I'm elevating. I'm 12 years. And yeah, people was talking about all these different things about <clears throat> where my where ministry is now. But right now I'm elevating. 
I'm, I'm progressing. And people don't like it when, because when you grind for God, you go from glory to glory. When you grind for God, you go from glory to glory. And people don't like that because they're not willing to get to know God in that way. They're not willing to, de to deny their flesh. They're not willing to kill their flesh. They're not willing to implement spiritual disciplines. They're not willing to allow their minds to be renewed. And if you keep grinding and elevating in your business, who cares if they support you? Support yourself. Be supported by God, support yourself, and watch the supports come in. That's my advice for you. They can kick rocks because you owe nobody anything. You owe them nothing. So you got to keep moving. And yes, it's going to be some tough nights when people are not going to support you. They're not going to show up. They're not going to support. They're going to buy a t-shirt. It's crazy how much support you get from people who is not your blood. And that's just life. Because most people cannot stomach little Newt Nuke, little Junebug, little Betsy Boo Boo getting out here, getting it. And they still got, they got babies everywhere. They got baby fathers everywhere and their life sucks. Hey, keep moving. Keep progressing. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Great questions. Hey, coach. Oh, heaven rose. Greetings, coach. God bless you. C. Thomas, how you feeling? And Nick Charles says, hey, coach, this year is my goal this year is my goal to get even closer to God, also work out. But I was thinking about doing hot yoga, but I'm having doubts. What do you think about Christians doing yoga? I do. Uh, I'm, I'm limited in my knowledge about yoga. But from what I've heard and what I've seen, there are some uh, things you just got to be careful of. I'm not well versed about yoga. Um, uh, coach gets buckets. I don't do yoga, but uh, I would do research. Um, and just really look at the origins of yoga and, um, uh, and make sure that you don't find yourself in an environment where they're, they're, they're using their voices and they're using the environment to get you doing poses for another God. That's all I will say. Just be very careful. Use discernment. If the Holy Spirit says no, don't go. If, 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 and just go by that. Um, uh, but I don't know enough. I, I don't, I don't want to act like I know something. And try to connect dots that may not be there. I want to make sure I stay credible and I want to make sure that I, I'm not just giving you something just to kind of add more uh, luster to this to this podcast. Um, but I'll do research uh, questions. Uh, I got uh, got questions would be a good place to look and just do some research. But I, I'm not I'm not knowledgeable. Coach get buckets. Coach don't be coach don't be going no high yoga. I, it's not wise for any man to be going to high yoga. Just not don't even go. You know, I worked at a while, long time, just not good to go. Um, so I never really entertained the idea of yoga. But from what I heard, there's some bad origins, some um, some stuff in that. But I don't know enough to give you the advice I need to give you. Um, Life with Carrie says, how can I learn how to not care what people think about me? Man, that's the theme of the night. Great question. Though. How can I learn how to not care what people think about me? Um, you got to care for yourself. The more you care for yourself, the more you care less about what other people think. The reason why we care more about what other people think is because deep down inside of ourselves, there's some self-hatred. Um, and we feel that our validation is in the opinions of others. And when you care about the opinions of others, that means you have not given any type of time to hear the opinions of God about you. So the best way to reverse that or re-engineer, re reverse engineer those thoughts is to look in the word of God. Go to Google right now and type in um, um, what does God think of me? 
Uh, and there'll be scripture that kind of talks about God's love for you and how he views you, that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And what I will do, I will meditate on those scriptures. I will take whatever scripture you feel the Holy Spirit pressing your heart to pull on. I want you to digest it. I want you to chew it thoroughly. I want you to really process that, to process the love of God, because the perfect love of God casts out all fear. The perfect love is what casts out all fear. When you have been perfected by God's love, or you allowing the perfecting process of God's love to perfect you daily, because every day is not the same. There's going to be some days where you are rah, 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 and you love yourself. And there's some days where you kind of struggling. So you need to always have a system in there, whether it's scriptures nearby, confessions nearby that allows the perfect love of God to continue to purify and purge that area or that entrance by which the enemies try to get you to lose your love for yourself. Because when you stop losing love for yourself, you stop caring for yourself, then you start caring too much about the love or the lack thereof that you receive from other people. So the best way not to care about what other people care about is to look at what the Bible says about casting your cares on him. Let's start with that. I want you to write down all the opinions of everyone that you that you care about. Uh, I want you to write down all the, the words or the phrases or the or the thoughts you may be thinking they're thinking about you because sometimes people don't even got to say nothing. It's the assumptions of what you think they're thinking about you that got you thinking about what you think and they're thinking about you and they may not even be thinking about that, right? So what you do is you get a sheet of paper and you write down all of your cares, all of the phrases, all of the people and all of their words or sentences or paragraphs of, of what's making you care about what they say. And I want you to write down why do they have so much weight in your life? And in doing that, you'll be like, why does Pop's words mean so much to me? Why does my mom's words mean so much to me? Why does my ex words mean so much to me? And then when you see it on paper, you will kind of see the vainness of it. And then when you couple that with meditating on God's word and really processing God's love for you and how fearfully and wonderfully made you are. And I, and I, what I want you to get that scripture, I forgot. Let me find it for you. Uh, the perfect love, God, uh, perfect love casts out all fear. Let me find it. Perfect love casts out fear. I want you to meditate on first. John, let me make sure this is. Um, let me read a few verses. Okay. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Uh, this is the ESV. I don't like the ESV. Let me go to English then. The ESV. I don't like the NIV. All right. The Bible says, <clears throat> there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So what I want you to do is I want you to study 1 John 418. And I want you to ask yourself, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid that do you feel that their that your promotion comes from them? Do you feel that your validation comes from them? And we've lived a long, a lot of period of our life, a long period of our lives caring too much because there's no self-care. When I began to allow God's love to perfect me. And I began to love me, then I began to like me, and then I began to actually take care of myself. I care less about what people think. And even when you get offended, you at a place where you be like, hold up, I, why am I caring about what this person said? Why am I caring about how this makes me feel? And it's crazy. When I began to calculate how many minutes I wasted, this is what I did. I would look at the clock and be like, okay, I'm going to process this, this thing in my mind. If Because what I what I used to do, I like, I spent 20 minutes thinking about them. That's 20 minutes of my life I gave to nothing I cannot change. And when you begin to process that, you'll begin to say, you know what? 
I don't really care about what they think. And if they do say something as you mature in this area, you get your sheet of paper, write down what they say. And I want you to look at that on paper and say, why do I care about this? Is there any truth in this? And if they are saying something that's true, but not factual, what I mean by that is true because you still got the insecurity there, then you got to deal with the insecurity. Their, 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 their concern or their words, if there's anything in your heart that's there that's connected to it, you got to deal with that insecurity. So you got to write down what, what they saying and what insecurity is that thing attacking. What is that, that whatever they said is, what is that thing connecting to insecurity wise? And that's what you got to say. I got to get rid of this because if you don't get rid of that, what they, their words will always begin to hook on that thing and it will keep you from progressing. But when you allow the perfect love of God to perfect you and you begin to love yourself and like yourself and you begin to see value in you and your purpose and you begin to embrace the fact that you're God's daughter, then anybody else, whatever they got to say, you'll be like, why are they saying that? Because most people who are trying to tear you down are already beneath you. So there's no need to entertain anyone or anything that's beneath you. I hope that help. Authentic Minds. Is how can I step out of my comfort zone and share my faith in high school? Great question. Hope you're having a good day. I'm having a great day. I mean, I appreciate it, man. Coach got buckets. Coach, you know, I was three and three today. I had three losses, three wins, but that's life, wins and lessons. I got on that steel, lift that weight. So coach is feeling real good. Thank you for asking. Let me read your question again. How can I step out of my comfort zone and share my faith in high school? Um, When it comes to evangelism, evangelism has to be um spirit led and what i mean by that is is that the bible says uh there's uh paul was saying one plants one water but god gets the increase but before you plant a seed the soil has to be toiled and so the holy spirit toils before you before you plant the seed planting a seed is an evangelist a person who's uh, or may not be an evangelist but a person who shares the gospel and we're all supposed to share the gospel in, in some kind of way uh, but when you share the gospel when you led by the Holy Spirit, you will share the gospel to the heart of a person whose heart has been toiled. So don't think, don't overly think evangelism that you are implemented or pushed by zeal. Think about uh, on relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you can gain the wisdom and the humble of heart where your zeal is now supported by wisdom. Because what you don't want to do is start evangelizing, 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 and the hearts of the people are not toiled. So the best way to grow into effective evangelism is to make sure that your life evangelizes. Before you evangelize out of your mouth, you got to make sure you evangelize out of your life. Before you can evangelize out of your lips, you have to have the fruit of God working on you coming out of your life. And that by them watching, observing you, that's what I used to do back in college. That's what I used to do. That's what I do in all my life. I don't necessarily, I'm not the type of person that knocks on doors and goes, there's nothing wrong with street ministry. I think there's people who are grace for that. But for me, I just be the light. I, let, I just let my light so shine so that men will see my good works and glorify God who's in heaven. So what I do is I just live the life. And as I live the life, you know what happens, my friend? They'll come to you and be like, man, why are you so different, man? Like, what's up with you? Or what I used to do back in high school and college and even now, people just want to ask me for advice. And then that because their heart is humbled and their heart, can't, they came to me. Now I can evangelize because their hearts already toiled. 
The Holy Spirit tore their heart and, and showed them to the nearest light. <laughs> Holy Spirit was like, I worked on their heart and I, I had them watch you for a period of time because salvation doesn't begin with us. We we help along the salvation process. We're the ones that are in hands and feet to bring them there. But it's the Holy Spirit that gets their heart angled towards us. <clears throat> and then the Holy Spirit, like, they're going nearest light. Go talk to him or go talk to her. And then that's when you can share the hope that's in you. That's when you can share the glory that's in you because they seen it day in and day out. Do not evangelize if your, if your life doesn't match the message that you're giving. Allow your life to be an epistle. Be a living epistle. And by you being a living epistle, people will inquire about the hope that's in you. And then you will feel a supernatural confidence to share the gospel with them because they came to you. So um, now if you feel graced by the Holy Spirit and you're that type of person that, that he uses to go to people, cool. But make sure that you have wisdom and you and you build some type of strength in your relationship with him. So that when you do go out to people, it's spirit led and not just because, oh, my gosh, you have such a strong burden for your school, but you're not walking in wisdom. You have a strong burden for your school and 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 you haven't really got your life together. You got a strong burden for your school and you may be careless with your evangelism, but the Holy Spirit knows when you're ready to do it. He knows when to release you to do it. And he knows how to renew your mind and life to a place so that when people look at your life, they'll be like, you know what? I'm going to go talk to him. Listen. You evangelize more through your life than your lips. And if you allow that to be the mission of your life, you will evangelize all the days of your life. And then when people come in, then you can share the gospel that's in you. Hope to help. Hey, Miss Spicy, Jay Diggs, what's going on, family? My name is pronounced like Elise. Hey, Elise. I hope I said that right. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, man. I kind of, uh, let's see. Let me scroll up. Lost my place. Let me scroll up. I got time for maybe two more and I got to go. It's 10.06. Wow. I got to get some sleep. All right. Let me scroll up. Got to find, 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 got to find where I was at. Uh, okay, there we go. All right, Honey Love says, Hey, Josh, how can Christians make money using AdSense? Also, should Christians use YouTube, Google if the creators are not pro choice or homosexuality? A public platform we can share God's blessing. Let me process that. I'm gonna see what you're saying. Hey, Josh, oh, oh I said my whole full name. That's nice, Joshua. How can Christians make money using AdSense? Also, should Christians use YouTube, Google if the creators are, um, I'm using YouTube, you know, I use it as an opportunity to reach people until they shut it down, um, until they start, you know, whatever it is, until it's a place where I can't do what I do because a God will supply all my needs. Right now, I utilize YouTube to be able to reach y'all. And so what you do is um, you use what you can use because no matter what, there's some type of evil behind anywhere we go. Uh, and if we and if we get to a place where we say, you know what, I don't want to use anything, then, then, then it's almost like, you become ineffective, not ineffective. Um, how can I put that? You become uh, without a lot. <clears throat> so what I would do is I would use YouTube in a great way, use YouTube in a pure way, use Google in a pure way, 
and, and keep it moving. I wouldn't I wouldn't get so caught up in that until it starts getting into a place where it calls you to compromise or you can't do what you can do anymore. And that time is going to come. And so you got to prepare for it. And so uh, which means you got to start saving your messages. You got to That's why I write books. I know one day they can take all my videos down. You know what I'm saying? But I got books. That's why I write because you can't you can't grab all the books around. Uh, oh, you can't grab all the books. You may take all the videos down, but you can't grab all the books. So what you do is you have an old school way mixed in with a new school way of doing ministry. So find a way where you can have um, a, a hard copy like paper and book form of your life or something that can be passed out even if the online platform switch up. Um. Or maybe God may be pressing on your heart to start something um, where we can be able to put videos on there. I would ask God if that's the route you want to go. And that would be a dope thing. And I would love to support you. Nick Antoine says, I'm going into a semester. How do I have a boost in productivity and start procrastinating? Good question. Um, Examine your life previously and be like, you know what, man? I didn't really get a lot of fruit out of last semester. Um, You got to have a why that calls you to level up. You got to have something greater um, than the alarm clock to wake you up. You got to have something that keeps you up, that keeps you awake, that keeps you going, that keeps you willing to do the things you don't care about doing. Productivity and effectiveness boils down to doing the mundane things, doing the things you don't feel like doing. You would never be great if you don't feel like doing the things you can't do. You got to you gotta do what you don't want to do to end up doing what you want to do. And if you don't get that as a pillar in your mind and, and, and as far as work ethic and, and consistency, see, editing videos, chopping videos up, um, 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 writing sometimes can be, can be annoying. There's a lot of things about what I do that I don't like doing all the time, but I got to get it done. I got to make it happen. I got to sharpen my blade. Do I feel like reading my Bible every day? No, but I got to do it because I know that it, I become better when I do these things. So what you do is you look at your previous semester, say, you know what, the pros and cons, the good, the bad, the ugly, what contributed, what did contribute, what added to my life, what subtracted from my life, and then assess your life and say, you know, what? What must I do to ensure that I grow into a better version of myself? But you, Nick, you got to have a greater why. You got to say, I want to be X, Y, and Z. I want to be the most effective, the most efficient. I, when you, Because when you do things unto the Lord, you meet every expectation of man. You see what I'm saying? So you got to make sure that you're working not for man, but for God. Because when you work into the Lord, you will meet you will supersede the expectations of any man. The reason why I keep getting promoted, I keep having favor because I do everything in a level of excellence unto God. I work under his, uh, with such reverence in him. I work for him. And then by me doing, I I know God is watching. <clears throat> and I know God wants me to be a better light. So I don't feel like doing this in my job, but I'm going to do my job. And because if you do your job, when you, when you no matter when your boss walks by, they'll never catch you slipping. Because you, because you know the boss, of all bosses, the Lord of all lords is watching and he's calling his people to a higher standard. So if you begin to think along those lines saying, okay, I got to grind for God. I do this for God. Then when about time you get the man's expectation, you don't supersede him, but, but you also increase in the process. And so the best way to boost your productivity is to say, okay, what product do I want to, what product do I want to produce? Productivity means I have to put activity to produce a product. I got, if, if I want to produce great, greater character, if I want to produce 
um, greater uh, 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 work skills, if I want to produce greater skills, greater mastery, if I want to produce, I got to put activity into that product. If I, you got to write, this is why I want you to get a sheet of paper and write down the product that you want to produce. What type of person do you want to become? Write down every product. I want to better this. I want to have that. I want to have this. I want to have that. And then you got to look and examine and say, okay, what activity, what actions must I put behind this, this, this idea to produce it and to make it tangible? Because you can have an idea of who you want to be. You can have an idea of a way of life you want to have. But if there's no activity, we're not talking about a burst of activity. We're talking about sustained activity. You got to have something greater than the product, which is the person. God, I'm doing this for you. So even when I don't feel like it, I know your spirit will supernaturally sustain me and equip me to do it. That's how you continue to produce. You don't write these many books. You see what I'm saying? You don't write these books um, um, and, and out of thin air. Did I, that was, I, there was plenty of times where I was like, I don't want to do this no more. But I said, in, in order for me to produce residual income and residual impact, I got to put activity to these ideas. Because if I don't put no actions to these ideas, ideas left in the mind can't make you no money, can't bring you nothing in life. You got to put activity to the, the type of product you want the semester to be. Hope to help. I got time for one more. Maybe two more and I'm done. Rachel Griffin says, how can I grow in faith? Great question. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everything boils down to the word. The word of God has life. It's able to renew your soul. It's able to, it's a double-edged sword. It's able to pierce deep into the heart, to reveal the insecurities, to reveal the fear, to reveal the idols, to reveal the pain. That's how faith grows. Faith must grow by hearing God's word and studying God's word for yourself. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got to find the, the purity of God's word. And you do that. And the greatest teacher for that is the Holy Spirit. So what I will do is I will get your Bible. and say, Holy Spirit, before you read your word, the Holy Spirit, I'm going to read this. <clears throat> I want you to read this to me. Read this word to me. Help me to gain understanding. Help it to be life to my soul. There has been times where I was almost late for work. I was almost uh, forgot about other things. I got lost in God's word because I kept eating. I kept feeling, feeling nourished. I kept, I felt my faith grow. And I've noticed that anytime I'm not in my word consistently or when I'm not praying the way I need to pray and talk to God, I began to feel more stagnant in my walk. I began to feel a little bit heavy need, heavy legged. Uh, I don't have that, that, that vibrancy of faith anymore. Uh, but you grow your faith by removing all fear. So I want you to get a sheet of paper. I want you to write down all the fears you have in life. And I want you to write down up under those fears. Why are you afraid? I also want to write, want you to write down below why you are afraid. What can I do to eliminate this fear? What, now, what I want you to do in that section, I want you to write down all the scriptures of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. If any man wants to draw near to God, he must know that God is, 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 exists and he's really those diligent seeking. I want you to process what it means to have faith because you have faith. It's just your faith is in the wrong things. All of us walk by faith. Right now, I'm sitting by faith. I drive by faith. I, I, I open my door by faith. I have faith that I have the right key to the door. I have faith in this couch that will hold me up. We all have faith. It's that we put our faith in created things more than we do the creator because created things will only get you to a certain point. You're going to need to get to a level beyond what man-made things can give you security in and get into the unlimited security of God where you're able to tap in. No, God is faithful. 
And the best way to grow in faith in God is to track how faithful God has been to you. So what I want you to do is, like I told another friend, I want you to get a journal. And I want, I want you to write down starting today or starting yesterday or today because it's not even the next day yet. I want you to write down all the ways God has been faithful to you. And keep a little journal. You could type it in your phone. You could keep a little notebook with you. And then when you find yourself in a place where you're losing faith, go back to God's track record and say, I'm going to build my faith that way. But it all boils down to meditating on God's word and understanding who you are and putting faith in action. Like, God, I'm going to trust you. Oh, man. I love where God has gotten me right now. I'm going to tell you my testimony. Like, I'm I'm at no desperate need for nothing. Like, I'm not even trying to promote myself online. I'm not looking for a viral moment. I Because I know my promotion comes from God. Like, I trust God for my marriage. I trust God for my protection. I trust God for, 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 for everything. It's a great place to be. But I had to attack all my fears and all my insecurities and why I don't have that faith in him. So I go to my uh, YouTube page, type in Joshua Ezzy and Faith. You will see a lot of videos that will kind of elaborate a little bit more. I got time for one more. A Valicia says, Coach, how much do you charge for one-on-one for coaching sessions? It's based upon your budget. Um, I have uh, maybe about 10 or 15 people so far <clears throat> that I'm I'm just kind of filling with the Holy Spirit. Who to who to who to, who I can help with. A lot of people that I have coached, I'm 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 giving them first dibs because I've already built a, a, a rapport with them. But go ahead and send me your budget, send me what you can do, send me your times. And uh, and uh, the charging for my coaching is based upon um, your budget, and your budget will determine a custom coaching that I offer you. It may be 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour, maybe an hour and a half. It just depends on what your budget is. Um, but you'll still get um, the same coach, but in a limited time frame. Nothing else. Uh, I got time for one more, and I got to go. Hey, coach, were you still doing the vision board thing? I sure am. I moved it. Oh, you probably didn't get the email. I'm moving it to the end of the month. So the first Thursday in February, I will have a winner. So if you're still working on your singleness vision board, for those like, what is he talking about? You can go to my website right now, lifework.teachable.com. I have a course there for singles and those unsure relationships. And we're doing a contest. You get a free shirt or a free book, whatever you want. Um, for those who creates the most creative singleness vision board. And then we'll talk about that the first week in February, who wins that. So you still got time to submit it. I did one but I didn't post. So post, you can send it to me privately. You can post it online, tag me, or put the hashtag, the purpose of singleness, and we'll see who wins. Jessica Reed says, my last one. Hey, coach, how do you go about decision-making like like if to move somewhere else? Great question. Key decisions like that must be supported and backed by the divine. If not, then you're going to find yourself uh, uh, messed up. You see what I'm saying? You're going to find yourself going somewhere that God never wanted you to be. When it comes to decision making, you got to make sure that you have made a decision. You have made a decision to acknowledge God in all your ways. You have made a decision to make an incision to sinful practices. You have truly made a decision to follow Jesus. Because if you're trying to follow two people, you're going to end up going nowhere. You're going to be finding yourself halt between two opinions. The Bible says double minded man's unstable in all his ways. You see what I'm saying? So you have to make sure you made a decision to follow God. I'm, I have decided to make Jesus my Lord. I have decided to follow him. 
Because when you made that decision, all decisions become easy because you allow him to do decision making and you won't sweat about it. So what I will do is I will not move until you heard from God that to move and that you have all the all the confirmation that you need to walk in faith. God will, will God will confirm a thing as much as he need for you to be built up in your faith and to walk in faith. This is exclusively for people who he knows genuinely want to do the will of God. Everybody else is going to be like, you know what? I'm going to confirm it so that you won't, so you won't, you cannot have anything in judgment. They saying, well, God, you didn't show me. <clears throat> no, God's going to show you. But, but, but God knows when you, um, uh, like the man said, when he wanted his daughter healed, father, I mean, uh, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. We're, we're there at times, but when it comes to decision, man, you got to make sure you make the first decision and make it Jesus, your Lord and welcoming your life and making sure that you decide that he makes all the decisions and that you will, that you will be depend on him, that you will rely on him <clears throat> and that you will seek him and that you will trust him and that you will only move when he says move, especially when it comes to major decisions like those. So if you feel like because sometimes many of us, we want to move out of a place, but God wants us to stay in that place so things move out of us. Most of us, we want God, get me out of this job. Get me out of this city because I hate it. It sucks. It's getting on my nerve. But God's like, no, I need you to stay here because I need this place to be the place to help us the wrong things move out of you so that when you do move on, those things are not in your life anymore. So what I would do is I would give it over to God and say, God, here. First off, make a decision like even repent. You can repent right now and say, God, I have been making decisions without you. And God, I want to be at a place. I want to grow into a level of maturity of placing you where you make the decisions for me like those. And that I trust that you will lead and guide me into all truth. And I know that the truth will set me free. So, God, I trust you. And write down the areas where you lack trust in God and write down the areas that you haven't given over to God and then deal with those and then watch God say, baby girl, young man, this is where I want you to go. And any any decision God makes for you, <clears throat> there's going to be provision for. If there's no provision to move and you got to go in debt to move and you got to go through all unnecessary stuff to move, it ain't God. If God wants you to move, he'll, he'll, he'll already have a place revealed to you for where you need to go. When Jesus told, uh, what's his name to move? He said, I got a widow woman. Go to her house. He already had provision laid out. So God is not going to tell you to leave a brook. Now, God will dry the brook, but because don't... when. God will dry the brook, but God won't dry the brook without giving you directions to the next place of provision. So yes, the brook may be drying up in a city. The brook may be drying up in a relationship, but, but wait as it's drying up, wait for direction. And then God will dry the brook because God don't want you to get comfortable. He'll dry the book that makes you move, but he's not going to make you move without divine direction. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I pray this live Q&A was a blessing. You can get your books online. If you're struggling with soul ties, here's a book, The Purpose of Freedom. If you're struggling with uh, singleness, this is the book that we're in right now. Get your book. We're going to be in this soon. Um, in our course this week, we're going to be talking about the harsh reality of singleness. It's going to be deep. It's going to be heavy. We're now entering into the problems of singleness. And we're going to talk about maybe 17, 18, 19, maybe 20 different problems when it comes to singleness. So I want you to go ahead and get your books. I want you to get in that course. And we're going, we're going to go deep now. We're going to start dealing with the depths of our hearts. And we're going to talk about uh, self-deception and lying to ourselves. And um, 
Do we really match what we're asking for? So the harsh reality of singleness is this Thursday. Join me live at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time on YouTube. I'll do maybe 45 minutes to an hour and 15 of message. And I'll open up maybe 30 to 45 minutes in Q&A. Um, so enroll so you can get the worksheet, all that good stuff. Um, other books are online. Courses online. Card games online. Uh, um, if you want me to come to your city, you want me to speak, this is the season when I do that. Um, book me now. Love to come support y'all. Lord willing. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all tomorrow. I probably will do another live tomorrow. So I'll see y'all there. Y'all be blessed. Peace.